I'm going to ask you to turn with me to 1 John, 1 John chapter 4. Would you please stand for just a second, please? Because uh, what I'm about to read is, is God's Word, holy, inspired God's Word. But this particular part of His Word is probably the most condensed, complete gospel message in all of the Bible. So I pray the Holy Spirit would help us listen and know that it's from God. I'm going to read 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 10. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Would you please be seated? Thank you so much. I pray that God would put His hand on our very shoulders of our soul this morning as we sit together in the church or wherever you might be sitting. That He would, in a, in a way, in a sense, Make you know that He loves you. Because I believe if we could get the full grasp of God's love, then we could work everything else out. You know, it gets me every time, and I'm pretty, I mean, I know I'm a sinner, but, but I'm pretty hard at times. I don't cry near as much as I ought to. But when Kai started playing how deep the Father's love, my eyes were tearing up. Because I thought about what a sinner I have been in my life. And how God has changed me. And how different things might be had He not loved me the way He loved me. My mind thought of sitting in the pew at Upper Black Creek Primitive Baptist Church. Funeral service of our son. And I remember the hymn, How Great Thou Art. And through all the midst of the tears and the heartbreak, there's God's hand there. And I don't know if I can explain this to you, but I think you've been there too. I just knew that God loved me. It's amazing how the love of God just, even in the midst of our hurt, draws us to Him. I have seen, and I know you have little children, and, and my grandchildren, when they're hurt, they go to the one that comforts them. They'll go to their mama. And my grandson Jackson will come to me to ride the tractor. 
Boy, when he gets hurt, he don't go to granddaddy. He wants his mama or Penny. The love of God is so powerful, and, and I want you to feel that and know that. And yet I know that I'm just so inadequate at trying to explain the love of God. I can't, I can't describe to anybody what this, these roses look like, as beautiful as they are. You just have to see it. And the Holy Spirit is how we see the love of God. And lots of times it's so much clearer through the prism of our tears and heartbreaks. No wonder God says he's near to those of a contrite and broken spirit. Now, none of us like to be there, but, but all of us need desperately the love of God. And if it takes God breaking our hearts to show us we love him, we ought to welcome him. May the Lord bless us today. I want to talk about God's upright love. We've been talking about the shapes of God's love, and they come in so many shapes, but they never change. The position of God's love is always His faithful truth. He'll never let you go. He always wants the best for you, but it's, it's upright. It's, it's also inside out, upside down. We'll never understand it. How we could love sinners and what He's done for us. We haven't deserved any of it. And we can't even mess up enough that he would ever quit loving us. We can't. I mean, God's love is that strong. He's that big of a God. So I want you to know that just because everything in your life may not be working out like you want it right now, that does not mean God doesn't love you. Rather, it must mean, may mean, even means that he loves you. And there may be some things you're loving that God doesn't want you to love. You do have to be careful what you love. But when you love God, you got your priorities in the right place. It's a leaning love as well. You've got to have something to lean on. God is that love. But when you think about upright love, I thought of no place in the scriptures that said it any more clearer than right here in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 10. You got to know that the epistle of 1 John is about assuring Christians that they are saved. And when you understand that God loves you, then that is the same as being sure that you are saved. And so, one of the ways that we are sure that we're saved, and we ought to be, we must be. I mean, if we were sitting over there in Ukraine and the bombs were hitting and we didn't know where our next day would, would even be a day, then we wouldn't understand what loves us. Does God love us? That would make all the difference in the world. Brother Pat McCoy sent a message somewhere I read an email a day or two ago. They were having communion during the bombs. Now, man, that's love. I mean, we saw that in COVID and we're, we've seen it in 9-11. What, what happens in the tragedies of our life, we realize who we love and we realize who, how important it is, the ones around us that we love. 
And when everything just goes hunky-dory and you got it like you want it, then you don't know what you love. You got so many love irons in the fire, you don't even know which end is up or down. And sometimes you grab the wrong end and you get burnt. So, God's upright love. Now, sometimes you don't know what's in the box. You ever got these boxes? You don't know what's in the box, but you know that it says on the outside, this side up. That's how God's love is. You might not understand God's love. If, if his ways are not ours that we can understand, his love surely is not what we can understand. But God loving us is not based on whether we understand it or not. <laughs> it's not. But what we have to do is understand is God's love is always upright. See, God initiates love. He loves us first. And then we love him. So, so I want to try to say three things regarding God's upright love. Number one is it proves our salvation. Number two is it's pictures in silver, God's love is. And thirdly, God's love is partners in sound theology. God's love. Now see, I'm not talking about an emotional, human, filial even love. No, no. I'm talking about a committed love from God who loves you before the foundation of the world, who purposed and predestined you to be in heaven and immortal glory. And he did this knowing every sin we've commit. And he loved us not because we deserve it, because he chose to do it. Now that's God's upright love. Now you can argue with God if you want to, but, but you won't get it far. <laughs> you can't argue with love. So, so one of the things is, I want to ask you, when you think about salvation, it's not about whether you're a primitive Baptist, whether you're a Methodist or a Baptist or a Presbyterian or any other thing or nothing at all. What matters is do you love God? <laughs> do you? Well, I don't know, preach by loving. Well, I want to ask you this. Do you hate sin? Then you love God. I didn't say that you had not sinned. We still struggle with it. The deal is, do you hate it when you do? Or do you try to justify it? Do you believe that God loves you? If you believe God loves you, God loves you first. So you are loved. You are therefore saved. Do you believe that you don't love God as much as you ought to? Shout the house down. Because we don't love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I do not. But I want to. And I ought to. Here in John, 1 John, uh, we see God just plainly says it in verse Seven, beloved, let us love one another. Now that includes everybody. Not just the people 
you like. But people that are your enemies. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, if you love those that love you, what reward have you? (laughs) What I'm talking about is a supernatural love. Love one another, why? Because love is of God. He says in this epistle that God is love. That's not all God is, but God's one thing God is, love. He's the source of love. So when you know God, you know love. And if you don't know God, you don't know love. You got it? I want you to get it with me. I mean, that's love. People say they're in love. They don't know what they're talking about. What they're in is some sort of relationship, seeing how much they can get out of it, and when they get all they want or they're not getting what they want, they want out of it. That's not God's love. And that's not how we're to love one another. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse Four through seven. You can whip over there real quick. Here's what it says. Charity or love. This is what love is. Suffereth long. You know love suffers? And it's kind. You know what you're talking about here now? People that all they want to do is talk about somebody and criticize, condemn, and complain are doing nothing but proclaiming they are not saved. You hear me? I'm not talking about some sort of exhortation here now. I'm talking about serious business. Because people who don't love one another and love God unless they repent will die and go to hell. And hell is real. And hell is from a loving God. Love is kind. Love envieth not. Love daunteth not itself. It's not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, nor her own. It's not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. That is love. That's godly love. Godly love is not based, again, on emotion. Okay? It's agape love. It's unconditional love. So that means it's spontaneous. There's nothing in the object of the one love that merits their being loved. It's just a spontaneous, God said, I love you. And God loves lots of people that we don't love. But he said, you love them too. He says he has a nation, a people in every nation, kindred and tongue. And he does. So this agape love is unconditional love. It's, it's a spontaneous, but it's a self-giving love. 
If you love like God loves, you're going to give to the other. A true lover always have the object of love in their mind. Any of you have any dogs? Raise your hand. Next time you get around that little doll or big doll, you think about that's how God loves you. I mentioned this several weeks ago in church. I, one of my aunts, Aunt Grace, her name is really Grace, passed away and I was asked to do her service. Now remember what she used to tell her family or anybody or neighbors come to visit. When you got ready to leave her house, she said, I love you like a doll. See, see, a dog is faithful. You go home to that dog, that dog will greet you wagging their tail. I promise you they will. It don't matter if you whip them. They're going to be there. You know, I remember when I was in my hunting days and had hunting dogs, sometimes they get lost in the woods. I hated to leave them in the woods, but I had to do it sometimes. And all I did, I remember I just take my coat off and hunting jacket and I would just lay it on the ground. I'd come back in the morning and be frost all over it, but that dog would be laying right there. I want you to know that sometimes you get lost from God. That doesn't mean God doesn't love you. He'll leave his coat somewhere. Maybe it's in a church. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's somewhere just along the road. And you know that that's God. And you go and you just wait for him. Because he's so faithful. Because he's loving you. He will come back. And he will touch your heart. Because his love does not ebb and flow. It's a spontaneous love. It's a self-giving love. But it's an active love. You ain't going to go to sleep on God's love. No, no. He won't let you. He loves you too much. See, God loves us so much, he won't leave us the way we are. He loves you so much, he's going to make you like Jesus. How about that? I know you like me, you say, gosh, you got a long way to go. Don't estimate God's love. All right, number two is not only are we then, to, it, proves, it proves our love, God's upright love. This side up, God said, you love me. I love you, the source of love. So what happens is this. The reason that we know that we're saved because we love others is because we can't help it. <laughs> we just can't help it. That's how powerful the love of God is in your heart. Now, you might have some people to get under your skin that you don't particularly like to meet on the street or whatever, but I'm going to tell you what, deep down, you love them. And I know we got some sin to deal with. We got flesh, but, you know, deep down, God is calling us to love. Even when we've been hurt. And we do get hurt. All right, number uh, second point is you know, this picture's in silver. This God's upright love, verse 9. 
And this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. We sang, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. But God does more than tell us so. He shows us so. A picture is worth a thousand words. And the cross of Calvary, you want to know, I want to know what the love of God is like, you go to Calvary. And you see God's only begotten Son hanging there, suffering and bleeding and dying for us. Now, he didn't have to do that, but his love kept him there. John 15, 13 says, Jesus says there's no greater love than this than a, than a, a person lay down his life for his friends. That's love. God has brought us together by his amazing grace. Flip over with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Trot over there, whatever you got to do. Look at these verses with me. Ephesians chapter 2, I think it's verse 4 through 6. Here's what it says. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. And here's his upright love. Even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now that is upright love. God in his mercy has intervened in our sinful nature and he's quickened us. See, to love God is to know God. Eternal life is about knowing God, having a relationship with God, and you get that not by academics, but by grace. God nurtures that. He loves you, and he makes us sit together in heavenly places. The shepherd makes us lie down in green pastures. He makes us love. God loves us. And it's the pictures of our life. I never had a sailboat. I I had a partner in business that had one, or parents did, and we went on it some. I saw some of the races before. But you know, you can't sink a sailboat. I mean, it's hard to do. I'm not saying you can't. But but you never notice those things, they'll flip over, they'll come right back up. That is a display to me of God's upright love. You know why that sailboat does it? Yeah, the wind and the waves are sinking. But it has a keel underneath it. And, and so the tougher the wind is, the heel of everything makes a lever so that, that when that boat falls over, that, that bottom of it, that keel will, will bring it back up. So when storms come in your life and you get in a hard place, between a rock and a hard place, and you go down sometimes because sometimes we're overwhelmed. But what God's love will do, it will bring you back up. Go look at the stars tonight and understand that God loves you. You can do things you didn't think you could do because God loves you. 
God's love is so great, he's responsible for us. He's going to take care of us. He's going to provide for us. And then thirdly and briefly, you know, I had a bad dream last night. I don't dream much. I actually dreamed last night that I was preaching to you, and I looked at my watch, and it was a quarter to 12, and I hadn't even started. <laughs> That's not the case. Don't get worried. But, but I want to just say briefly, when we think about the balance of God's love, because it's more to love than, it, than more to God rather than love. And, and I want you to see with me. And I'm going to tell you tonight, I don't want you really to come tonight if you can, unless you can help it. I'm going to tell you why. Because that's been something in my heart about God's love. That I'm kind of ashamed to even read in front of my family. I will, I really am. But, but I'm going to have to do it. I mean, love is that way. Grace is gross sometimes, you hear me? It sure is. It's gross. I mean, that's how much God loves us. It's not a fuzzy love. It's not a feel-good love. It's a deep, it's a bringing you to understand who you really are, what your purpose is, and that gives you your divine strength to be who you are without trying to be somebody else and knowing that God loves you. That he'll always love you. but we need to get it up right. You know, there's partners in theology. It's divine love. And understanding how God loves us. Notice he says in verse 10, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. There are people that say, well, God is love. I don't really care about doctrine. I don't really care about any denomination. I don't really care about this, that, and the other. All I know is God is love. I mean, that's a bunch of fake is all that is. You see, that, that is presuming on God's love. What God does, God cannot weaken sin. He has to balance that. And God does not love everybody the same. You hear me? He has a particular love for his elect people. <laughs> and if you love God, you're one of them. If you hate sin, you're one of them. If you feel like you want to love God more and you don't love him like you ought to, you are. Do you love the brethren? Then you have passed from death to life. God doesn't love everybody the same. He has a general love. He's good, sends rain on the just and the unjust, he says. He does. But I want you to go out of here knowing that God loves you with a particular, purposeful, powerful love. And not because you're better than anybody else or you go to a particular church or you're what color your skin is or what you know or don't know. He loves you. Because he decided to love you before the foundation of the world. And so what we need to do is just get on our knees and thank you, God, for loving us. How does that make you feel? Well, it makes me feel like I want to manifest that love to God, doesn't you? 
Jesus was on the cross to show us the picture of God's love. What can we do to picture God's love? We can be faithful to him. I had a friend that was telling me, who was a pastor, that his son and one of his children were involved in a relationship. And they were just living together. He said, I told him it wasn't right. I mean, what can you do about it? It's <laughs> the way the world is, you know. I said, where did he go to church? He said, and he told me the church they went to. And I said, what did the church say about it? And he said, well, they said, as long as you were faithful to the ones you were with, it was okay. Now, what if God had been like that on the cross? See, the Jesus died on the cross publicly displaying that he loved you. What if there had never been that? What if he just said, what is I'm going to just say it. I'm going to just be faithful. No. We need to be willing to get God's love right. And I'm afraid we're trying to live with a wrong side out love. <laughs> a tilted, jilted love. And just to be very blank with you from God's perspective, and it's always upright, sexual love is only after marriage. It's not to figure out if you think you like somebody or not. Now that sounds, man, obsolete, I'm sure, in the world today. <laughs> People will laugh at you. If you're a young person today, you get ready. You will be laughed to scorn. But if you want love and you want marital love, upright love, where God says the marriage bed is undefiled, it's upright, it's a holy place. It's all a matter of God's being right. You get God right, you get love right. The cart does not come before the horse. The tail does not wag the dog. Doesn't matter what your friends say. What does God say? God says, if you love me, show me. Keep my commandments. May the Lord bless us. The loving. I know you want to. And I want And I want you to too. And more than anything, I want my family to love Jesus. And I know you want yours to. And the one thing that God has blessed us to know is when we love God and know that he loves us, how we live will show others. Not only should we be the light of the world and let it reflect, we should be the love of the world and let that reflect. But we've got to take a stand somewhere. The people in the Ukraine are fighting their hearts out. Why? Because they love their country. May the Lord bless us to keep the faith that he wants to deliver to the saints. He's serious about love. His love for you and your love for one another. May the Lord bless you. Would you bow with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace to proclaim your word. And even though, Lord, I know we're so inadequate, especially when we're talking about love, 
How can you tell somebody how big the ocean is? How blue the sky is? Or how much oxygen there is in the universe? God, we just have to breathe. But one thing for sure, Lord, when you fill us with your love and remind us that you love us, we don't have to worry about anything unless we just want to. Because God is for sure. When we're loved by the greatest being in the universe, the one true and living God, it frankly doesn't matter what we have or don't have or whether anybody likes us or loves us or not, as long as you do. Oh God, bless your holy name. We come to you, Lord, on our knees. We may not have a first public testimony in just a few minutes. That's okay if that's your will. But I want to say, God, in our hearts, may nobody leave out of this room without understanding that you have put that hand of love on them and you're there now and no matter what they're going through, that love will never change. And oh God, help us to love one another. Don't let us be liars about being saved by your grace. Forgive us, Lord, of our sins. Help us, Lord, shape our lives to the upright love to be like you to display the divine virtues and nature that you've given us in our heart through the new birth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.